You're listening to Your Woo Woo Best Friend, a no BS approach to wellness, spirituality, manifestation, and all things mystical. Hello, it's Andy. Welcome back to the show. I'm so thrilled to have you here. Have you ever wondered about the fairy realm, archangels, plebeians, and the intergalactic family? Yes, I'm talking about aliens. Or have you wondered about working with your ancestral lineage and your spirit guides to remove trauma or illness or fear and pain. My guest today is Andrea Donnelly, aka your intergalactic fairy godmother. She works with clients on an intuitive level by utilizing her psychic gifts to quantum heal traumas, unlock new psychic abilities, integrate peace into their lives, as well as uncover their soul's mission and purpose, which is her sweet spot. At an early age, Andrea knew that she was different from other kids. She had the ability to see very far into the future. She was able to uncover people's greatest gifts and actually see the reason for why they incarnated into this lifetime. How cool is that? As she got older, she enrolled into meditation and mindfulness courses at the Center for Mindfulness based on the famous work of John Kabat-Zinn, where her life was changed forever. From there, Andrea was fascinated by the mind, body, and soul connection, and she learned everything that she could about holistic healing modalities. She's going to tell you all about her story, which is incredibly profound and interesting. And everything that she's experienced in this life has influenced the work that she does today. In her current offerings, she includes Akashic soul exploration sessions, celestial soul retrieval ceremonies, and celestial mentorships. In my session that I was so fortunate to have with her, we connected with the fairy realm, which was so cool something that I had never considered before. She can also connect with interdimensional beings, angels, and her clients' ancestral lineage and spirit guides as well. I can't wait for you to meet her. She is such a cool woman. Let's bring her onto the show. Welcome, Andrea Donnelly. Hi, Andrea. Welcome to the show. Hi, Andy. It's really (laughs) exciting and fun to be here. It is my pleasure to have you and to get to see you again. We were together for the reading that we did a little while back, and I'm so excited to get to now chat with you and have a conversation about all the beautiful work that you do. So welcome, welcome, welcome. Thank you. Yeah. So let's start with your story. You have such a beautiful and interesting and dynamic story. And I am so excited for our listeners to get to hear about your story. So let's start there. My story is just, it's like totally cuckoo bananas. Um, Thank you. (laughs) So I was I've talked to my guides since I was a baby. Um, my One of my aunts recently confirmed this in a really funny way. Um, I'll get into it in a second. But I recently was in a, um, I, she recently commented on something that I had talked about in an interview I did in my Facebook group about, because I, you know, have always felt like I had this connection to them. I've always had this really deep spiritual experience. I come from a family of people who are all hyper psychic, really tapped in, whether Mm -hmm. they're 
they're aware of it or not. And um, so I, I have communicated with my guides since I was a baby. She told me this funny story about me being, it was before my dad passed away. He passed away when I was three or just about three. And she said that when I was around like two and a half, I woke up from having slept one night and I was tired. Like I was always kind of tired in the morning, which I think a lot of people who have very psychic connections will say that they, you know, sort of are never really like getting Mm. deep, good sleep. And she asked me why I was so tired because I had just like ostensibly been sleeping or what have you. And I told her that it was because all of the people who I had more trouble communicating with during the day talked to me at night. And so I was never Mm. really able to sleep. And I guess we had, and my grandmother like heard what we were talking about and was like, shut it down. (laughs) Like, we are not going to encourage that in her because apparently, you know, I had family members who had that psychic connection. And on my mom's side, which is the side of the family that that was from, they were all from Ireland. And, you know, I mean, with colonialism, like Irish Mm -hmm. people in the 18 and 1900s were not even allowed to learn how to read and write, never mind be connected to to their spirit and their practice and all of that. And so I didn't realize like my grandmother's sister had been a very powerful psychic and she had, um, you know, she had been, she had really shut that part of her down. So I was, I was born in New England And when I was just before I turned three, my dad passed away abruptly from stomach cancer, which Mm -hmm. was a crazy thing. He was only 26 years old. Wow. Um, We would eventually become estranged from both his family and my mom's side of the family. I've had so many crazy things happen. I've been in four bad car accidents. I've had, um, I've nearly drowned. I've had all of these like really wild, like, you know, close to death experiences. And the thing that has saved me Um, we have had homelessness, you know, that has run in my family. My family once on my mom's side had an extravagant amount of money that was lost in a very like arrested development style experience. And what all of that taught me was that trust, trusting in spirit, trusting in the messages, trusting in faith. Like my life has not been easy in any capacity, but what I can say is that it could have been so much worse, if that makes sense. Like it was never easy, but it could have been so much more like chaotic and catastrophic. Like one of my former business coaches, like just sort of incredulously, incredulously is always like, you know, you people who have lived through the kind of trauma that I've lived through would normally be like dead or heavily addicted to a substance. And so even though I am in many ways a late bloomer and it's taken me time to like ease into this and, you know, find my flow, I'm going to be 43 this year. Um, so I'm certainly, you know, I'm coming into things at a, at a little bit of a later rate than a lot of like my peers and my friends and what have you. But, um, it's been a really miraculous journey because the thing my guides always told me literally from the time I was five years old, I was watching a Sesame Street, um, show that was called Don't Eat the Pictures. They get trapped in the Met and they end up meeting this Egyptian prince who's been stuck in this like karmic loop of being trapped on earth. His parents have turned into stars. And when I was watching it, my guides were like, 
that is what you need to do. Because what, what they learn is that the way that you move through this life, because they're helping, they're trying to help reunite him with his parents who are in the stars at this point. And what they learn is that you have to keep your heart as light as a feather in mm-hmm. order to be able to like move through that, the you know, from this life into the next one. And my guides were like, that's what you have to do no matter what happens to you you know, it's not going to be perfect. It's not, I have certainly made my share of grandiose mistakes, (laughs) but not to be like, I'm perfect. But, um, my spiritual IQ and that connection to them is really what always saved me. And I have always tried to keep my heart as light as a feather based on, you know, that moment in time when they told me that. So Mm. yeah, that's my sort of long tangential (laughs) version of the me. Yeah. Well, and, and you, you spoke about trauma and, we all have trauma. It's, we all have it. And I think oftentimes it's, it's a matter of how we move through it. And with the things that you experienced, what have you learned in regards to how you personally are able to move through trauma? And then as a collective, some of the approaches we can take when we have a traumatic experience to not go down that path that you mentioned of being heavily addicted to something or being in just a complete downward spiral. How do we do that? I think that the the most important thing that any of us can do, um, my guides say it all the time, our trauma is our gold. And Mm -hmm. there is um, a woman who I really love whose name is Barbara Marciniak, who's a Pleiadian channel. And the Pleiadians that she channels often say this too, trauma is actually one of the biggest ways that as humans, we can remember who we are. Mm -hmm. It's kind of one of those like make or break you situations. Are you going to take it, like my guides say, and understand that it is actually your gold and it is a way of really pushing you to remember what you're capable of, right? I feel like that's the thing about trauma is that it can completely crush you. Like I... I have been, you and I, you, I know you're familiar with this part of my story. A couple of years ago, I was 50 pounds heavier. I had, because of these car accidents that I had been in and a lot of other just like trauma and drama and pain, I've struggled with depression, anxiety, PTSD. Um, Two of the four car accidents that I have been in were in 2016 in five weeks of each other. Wow. And... I ended up having a back surgery in 2018. I, at the beginning of 2020, I was debilitated by chronic pain. I had Mm -hmm. been let go by my previous job, which I should have left sooner to be very fair. Mm -hmm. Um, But I was really struggling to be able to just trust in this way. And I... um, And I had an application for long-term disability in 2020, which is so surreal to me to think of where I am now. And one of the things that I was always shown, like everyone who ever read for, like if I would get a psychic reading or an astrological reading, anything, people would read my chart and they'd be like, whoa, girl, like (laughs) you are a mess right now, but someday you are going to literally like invent a new modality and you're going to change the world. And I'd be like, cool, I feel that way about myself too. Am I completely delusional or is that real? But it was one of those things where it was just consistent, you know, like it was just like people would read me and they'd be like, whoa, you've got some stuff going on friend, but like someday you're going to start food network for the soul, you know, like that kind of stuff. And I'd be like, yeah, I really, I want that for myself and for the planet. I feel like I've got a real thing to share. And, um, 
And at the beginning of 2020, when I had this application for, I had been on short-term disability for nerve pain. I could barely walk. Like I was such a mess. And my guides would just remind me every day, your trauma is your gold. The reason you've experienced so much adversity and so much pain is because now that I started my business, people can come to me with literally anything. There is mm-hmm. nothing that someone can tell me that I can't hold space for. And one of my clients who I love, I love all my clients, but one of my clients is so funny. And he says, like, if people want to solve their problems, they should come to you. And if they don't want to solve their problems, they should not pay you. And it, it really does. It just makes it so that all of this chaos that I've lived through, I'm able to just really like, be like, you know what? If I can survive my train wreck of a life, we can all do literally anything. Like I'm like the biggest cheerleader for the planet because I'm like, you know what? All of that drama, trauma, karma, pain, all of that really showed me that we are all literally capable of anything. And when we suppress our magic, when we sort of listen to that external narrative that we hear from the systems, the, you know, the sort of mm-hmm. overarching powers that be, when we internalize that and we suppress our magic, we, you know, ignore the magic of the woo-woo and all of that, it makes it so that we don't trust ourselves and we don't realize that those moments of trauma, because we all have them, like you said it, it doesn't matter if you somehow, which this isn't real anyway, right? But <laughs> even if you had a perfect family with two parents who were financially stable and spiritually aware and loved you and didn't get divorced. (laughs) You know, you never experienced any trauma. You're, someone said this years ago at a presentation that I was at, um, where they were like, you're still going to fall off your bike. Yeah. Right. Totally. And so we've all got this stuff where being human, and I think we've really witnessed this, right, as a collective in the past couple of years, like in my opinion, all of the things we've been witnessing is that people are having a spiritual crisis and people are struggling to confront their fear of death, basically. Mm-hmm. We can't, we, we are all, being a human is a fundamentally, and I don't mean this to scare people, but we are all going to have the trauma. Being human is a fundamentally like insane experience. (laughs) And there's a way where it's the ultimate trust fall. We come here, we completely forget who we are. We completely forget that we've been alive a billion other times on this planet and in the stars and in all kinds of different ways. And, um, And it is, it's like really remembering that our trauma is our gold and that if we are able to meet it head on instead of trying to like bury our heads in the sand and say, I don't know how, like it's so cheesy in this way, but that like, you know, that that thing that people talk about, about how, you know, wake up every morning and live every day like it's your last. And it's like, that is one of the things that my life taught me and having my dad pass away so abruptly at such a young age is we only have this moment. Anything could happen to any of us at any time. Ooh, such a good reminder. Yeah. Such a good reminder. Yeah. Yeah. And in your work, you've said it's kind of like you went through this 20-year-long independent PhD study in healing modalities. And you've studied things like Reiki and the Akashic Records and flower essences, herbal medicine, sound healing, and so much more. So in the work that you do today, how are you incorporating all of these beautiful 
and very special modalities into supporting people who come to you and and enabling them to begin to move through whatever it is that they show up with. I end up doing what I end up doing with people is very, um, it's very mysterious in this way. Even my, almost everyone that I've ever hired to either be a coach or a support for me has ended up hiring me because it can be hard for me to explain what I actually do with people. It is a very mysterious thing. I had an astrological, a starseed astrology reading a couple of weeks ago and the woman who read me said that I have the energy I channel is the energy of Jesus and Mary, the ascended masters, the saints. And I end up, what I do is I, I have a couple different gifts and it, um, one of the things that I can do is I can see people's pure, the blueprint of their soul. So Mm -hmm. I can see hyper far into the future. I can see what you were born to do in this lifetime. And I can see and feel and tap into your Akashic records. I can go in and I can clear out because of all of the the boot camp I went through of clearing family, inherited trauma, drama, pain, all of that. I'm able to go in very quickly using energy healing, taking all that stuff that I learned from the Reiki, from different energy healing modalities, from all of it, go in and really say, okay, this is what I can see. These are the things that are holding you back. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to clear this moment of trauma and pain. I'm going to clear this. Mm -hmm. And then once you, and this is one thing that I don't think a lot of people necessarily realize is when we clear that trauma, it creates all this space. So you are, when people, one thing that my clients often say to me is that they've never felt so seen. Mm. I don't tell people anything that they didn't already know about themselves, but people say it all the time. They're like, I've never felt so seen as when I was in a session with you or when, you know, I joined your program or what have you. And I do, I'm really able to like, I call it the whispers of the heart. I'm able to just like see and hear the whispers of people's heart, the things that they were like born to do, the things that they, they've always dreamed of enacting for themselves and for this planet And it is, it's just a remarkable, it's remarkable. And I am so, I feel so lucky um, to be able to do that with people and to be able to see the way that people shift in, in such a quick, you know, people get off calls with me and then the next day they find out that they're on track to have their highest month or, you know, in sales or they download a new modality or their, you know, interpersonal relationships completely change. Like they, they find a new way to communicate with their spouse or with their parents or what have you. And it's, it's different. The thing I did a reading with someone who read for me a couple of years ago. And she was like, the thing that's so interesting about your work is a lot of people are able to say like, when you work with me, this is what you get. This is what happens. And with me, what I tap into is the medicine that your soul needs. And so I, I can't necessarily promise that you're going to be able to like do this X, Y, or Z thing. But what I can promise is that every single person who has ever worked with me has gone through these wild transformations 
transformations. And it happens so fast that a lot of times people don't even realize what's happening. Like they get off a call with me and they're like, oh my God, my entire life literally just changed <laughs> in an instant. And I, I'm so, I do. I, my guides say another thing to me all the time, which is like, you're lucky to have had so many problems because of the space that you can now hold for people to move through that. And when you can remember that like, you've got this spectacular capacity, all of us, right? Like we've all, we were, we're all born psychic. We're all born with these gifts to varying degrees, right? But when you remember those things about yourself and you start to realize that like, this is all just a big trust fall. Yeah. I mean, there's two things you just said that I find in my practice and some of the workshops and and experiences that I get to lead that we spend a lot of time in that I find to be so incredibly important for people. And one of those two things was the the creating of space, finding finding a way to open up space within within yourself, within your own life. And sometimes that can be literal like physical clutter in your space. And sometimes that can be the space within your heart, the space within your soul. And I find that work to be something that oftentimes people don't realize how much stuff they're holding on to, both physically and within the body and the mind and the soul and the, and the heart. And then the other thing is that listening to the wisdom of the heart, which you called a heart, a whisper of the heart. I, those are two things that I find that when when we can make that shift of creating that space and then starting to listen to the heart, so much can change for us. Yeah. And we are, we are taught, right, from the time that we are young. It doesn't matter where you were born on this planet. We're all taught that we have to look outside of ourselves, that we need to, and I, I don't mean, I want to also preface this with like, I don't mean to disrespect our elders, our elders yeah. with enormous wisdom, but there's this way that we're all taught that we have to look to, you know, teachers and religion and our government and all of these different like bodies, right? We have to listen to our family and do all of these things that other people tell us to do. And at the end of the day, we know what we need to do and it it becomes hard to trust it because we're just taught over and over and over again that it's like that we have to like listen to these we need a conduit for the divine we need you know da 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 like all of these different ways and as a kid I was like really bent out of shape about religion as a small child I was like church is ridiculous and I again Sometimes church can be an incredibly beautiful builder of community and a catalyst for people. But there's this other way that it can also really keep you small because it makes you thinking that you need someone else to be a translator. You need mm-hmm. someone to forgive your sins. We need to forgive our own sins. We need to forgive our own self. Like that's really like, if a judgment day exists, it's about us looking at the things that we've done that we're not proud of, that we were misaligned with, when we didn't listen to those whispers of the heart, when we didn't trust ourselves, when we did things that were misaligned with our path and being able to forgive ourselves. Mm, And that's when you really have the capacity to like make that room, whether it's a metaphysical room making or whether it's literally clearing the clutter in your life, right? Like we hoard, we hoard physical objects, we hoard emotions, we hoard so many things. And in my opinion, right, I'm not 
a medical doctor, but I have, like I said, I've studied every, almost every healing modality that exists. I've like, just, I am a sponge for information. Like I call it an evergreen. If you're familiar with that term from like investing, um, or something is just like, you know, go ongoing. I'm an evergreen nerd. Like I graduated from Wesleyan university. I love learning. I have this like real desire to just absorb information. And, um, And there is this way where when we can really just sit with ourselves, face the trauma, and not try to hide from it, that's when we have the capacity to really make these enormous shifts. Because we do, when we hoard the emotions, when we hoard all of that stuff, we end up in chronic illness. We end up in chronic pain. Um, We end up with these recurring ways that we're, for me, right, part of the reason that I've been able to lose all that weight in the past couple of years was because I finally, once and for all, really faced my trauma. I didn't try to hide Mm -hmm. from it anymore. I didn't try to, I have an ability to basically like clear people's karma. And I feel, I felt for many years, very responsible for every, like literally just like people I would never even speak to, just people I would meet on the street, like because I could help people and I would store other people's stuff in my own body. That absolutely contributed to my chronic pain journey, to my weight gain. You know, there's this way where we do, we hoard all of that stuff because we're taught from the time we're little that codependency and enabling is a way, whether you have addiction that runs through your family or not, like we are codependent in so many different ways with other people with structures. And when you're trapped in that cycle, you start to equate feeling safe with like holding on to all of that stuff. And it's really about letting it go. And then once you clear all of that out and you're able to just do the work, show up for yourself, like really move through those things, then you also, the next step of it, and this is something I talk about a lot, like you clear all that stuff out And then the magic comes when you say, all right, I've cleared all this stuff out. I got rid of a billion things. I got rid of old clothes that didn't fit me and, you know, whatever, like furniture from my grandmother that I actually don't like want or resonate with, like like, the old garbage emotions that I've been like stockpiling for myself. And then the next step is to call in the things that you want to realign. Like I do these crazy sessions with people that are called celestial soul retrievals where we go in, we clear all the stuff out, and then we call home all the parts of you Mm. that you have stored in other places because it was never safe to fully integrate them. And so it's like a two-step process. You do the clearing and then you call home and back all of those parts of you. And then that's like when I feel like the real like fire, you know, gets lit and starts. Oh, yeah. Oh, such good stuff. Such good stuff. Okay. So I have a question for you that I think for our listeners, you and I now being their woo-woo best friend, that I want you to take us through some things that perhaps, perhaps they've been curious about, but they haven't really understood. And that is around the different realms. So the fairy realm, the angelic realm, the celestial realms, can you take us through even the intergalactic realm? Can you take us through an understanding? I mean, we could talk about this all day probably, but can you give us kind of a little bit of an understanding of what are these realms? Where do they exist? How do we connect to them? Do we all have the ability to connect to them? And what's, what is that, what's that story for each of us? Oh, 
I just got chills when you started talking about that. Um, so I, I really believe, so we'll start with the fairy realm because they're like, hello. Okay. Um, and, and when you and I had our time together, you were like, Andy, the fairy realm is like your place. This is like for you. And, and you asked me, is this something that you, you know about yourself? And I said, no, I, I really didn't know that. And then after our, our conversation, I was like, oh, that really does, it really, okay, I get it. It really speaks to me. And that, that feels like the fairy, the fairies feel like my people. But I had I hadn't thought of it before. Yeah. 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 And it's it's so interesting. So we're we're all born with guardian angels and with ancestral guides, with galactic family, with so many different realms of support. And um, I liken the fairy realm does for the plants and the animals what the what our guardian angels and our ancestors do for us. So they're the protectors of this earth. They are the ones, and I believe I have a great um, in my family. I mentioned you know we have a lot of Irish blood, and my I had apparently I never met him, but I had a great grandfather who was apparently a very serious man. And, but he told my family that he had been able to see fairies when he, he lived in Ireland, which is where he was from, and that he was able to see them when he moved to the United States. And he was apparently not the kind, you know, he was not like a frivolous or like woo-woo person, but in my own family, and I can see them, I see them as like sparkles of light. I've also seen them literally, which was like, I think like I once I my I call certain parts like if you see like a tree that has lots of like mushrooms growing on it or that kind of thing like I've always called those fairy condominiums and I was walking past a fairy condominium in New England a couple of years ago and I saw a literal fairy and I think we both like kind of spooked each other like I was like <laughs> oh like I see them as sparks of light, but then to like see a little, you know, to be like, oh my God. And she got like kind of freaked out too. And she flew away really quickly. Um, but so that to me is the fairy realm and what they do. And I think they're going to be really important for a lot of people as we keep moving through some of the shifts that we're witnessing right now. Like one of the things that the fairies told me last year when I was doing my 2021 predictions at the beginning of last year was that if, you know, people were in areas where there were food shortages or water shortages, that if people would sit down and say a prayer to the fairy realm, that they would help people fix those problems and find access to the sustenance that we need for our 3D bodies. Um, so that is like the long-winded thing about the fairy realm and the angelic realm and the celestial realms, the galactic realms. Like I really believe that we've, some people are from this planet. Like some, for some people, their point of origin is earth. And, but I think for a lot of us, we're actually from other places. We come here because earth is a very specific opportunity, very specific school, but um we have all of this connection to other dimensions, other 
other alternative timelines. You know, there are other versions of us that are happening simultaneously. And I think that's another thing is people kind of imagine that time is this very linear thing when time is a lot more circular than we understand it. And things are really all happening at one time. Like our past life versions of us, our future versions of us, right? Our higher selves, a lot of our teams from a galactic sense are really just us from the future. So it's a real, it's a real metaphysical journey, a real trust fall. It's, um, it's also a thing where I feel like at the end of the day, all of these things technically exist outside of us, right? We can see the night sky, we can see the stars, we can see the planets, we can see all these other things. But at the end of the day, I had a teacher for a long time, um, John Volomolkizadek, whose work I studied, and I've had the opportunity to do things with him. And he always said, like, anything that is happening external is actually just a projection, of what is really all happening in our own heart. Mm. And so I feel like all those other realms are really just like a part of us that we need to be able to like make sense of with our brains or our hearts. Mm. It's so interesting because it's, um, you know, there's like this idea that sometimes when something, when we we learn about something in a storybook or a movie or what, however we find our way into this knowledge, that it's be, it's because these things do in fact exist, and it's how we, it's how we start to get familiar and kind of like comfortable with the information. Like if you've read about fairies enough in a book, then when you start to tap into that energy and and meet meet the, meet the fairy realm in whatever way you do, it's a little less scary. I don't know if that makes sense a little bit, but I think that people sometimes feel like, I don't, I don't want to know because that feels scary for me to think that there's something outside of like, what's very, very linear here. But then when we, when we have these experiences or allow ourselves to kind of feel into, I also think this about movies that like most of the movies that are made or music, it's like, it was brought here for a reason to give us some education around the things that we really need to have a, a an understanding of. So, and saying all that, which is kind of a, a kind of a twisted way of getting there. I, I think the more we get comfortable with getting outside of that linear time and getting outside of the box of what we believe to be real and perhaps bumping into a fairy in the forest, we have this ability to to really open up how we show up and how we take care of each other and the planet as well. And I loved I loved that guidance that you gave me, which was to to just be open to experiencing the fairy realm. And I, I thought about it after our conversation. I've always been a person that literally, literally, if I'm walking down the street, I'm like, I speak to the flowers and the trees. It's just, I've always done that as an adult walking down the street. You know, I have, you know, I told my partner pretty early, I was like, I always kind of have to speak to the trees. It's just something I feel like I need to do. I need to like acknowledge them as I pass them on the street. And so when I go into the forest, it's like so joyful for me to be able to like be in that, in that experience with these entities that I feel like I have such a connection to. And so you sharing with me that the fairy realm was very much an important one for me to be tapping into. I was like, oh, of course, because I love the, I love being with the trees and the flowers and and nature. And so I I love, I love just the opportunity to open up into that a bit more for, for people and for people that are listening to the show, especially. Yeah. Yeah. And it is, you know, because I had so much instability in my life because things were always so like externally hectic, 
the natural world was very much a source of stability and protection. And the word stewardship was always like very, even when I was a kid, like I was the kind of person who would see trash on the ground and pick it up. Like I was all, I was like always very outraged by the way that we treated the earth herself. And I think it's such a, what an irony it is, right? Where people have this idea that they need to be like, going to church or participating in religion and doing all of these things and yet they're littering and they are not learning how to do things. Not everyone is going to be like spect- a spectacular gardener or farmer or what have you, but there's this way where we don't even realize that like God as it exists is literally under our feet. And when you realize that you are here to steward the earth, that you are here to communicate with the trees and with the flowers and the animals. I was actually talking recently with um, people who are my friends and my clients and who have also um, helped me in many ways. And both of them were saying that one of the things that really happened for both of them after they started working with me was that they remembered and they started to be able to like literally hear the birds in a new way Mm -hmm. and realize that, you know, there was this like relationship to the animals. Like that's one of the things I really trigger in people. I have communicated with animals since I was little, I can like talk to them. I can hear their thoughts. I have always spoken light language. It was funny when you were talking about like, you know, having always acknowledged the trees. I'm totally like that. You know, I have, I channeled light language from the time I was little. I always called it um, like in my own brain. I didn't, I only started sharing it publicly uh, last year, but I always spoke light language to animals. I always spoke it to trees. I would, you know, channel it when I would be in the woods or in a beautiful place by myself alone. And I, um, I always called it like in my own brain, an elegant Muppet language or like, mm-hmm. you know, like a, like a beauty, yeah, like a beautiful gibberish in this <laughs> way. And it always gave me a, a way of feeling that sense of connection because I could always tell it's funny because I mentioned to you before we started recording that I'm hanging out with some of my woo-woo best friends in real yeah. life right now. And one of them has a husky who is sitting on the bed. Um, he, we love each other so much. Like she, uh, she's always like, Oh, he's going to be so excited to see you. Mm -hmm. And like, we just love each other. And I will walk down the street and like animals will find me and like come and greet me and like birds float. Like I am definitely an animal whisperer and it's because they're able to see these realms that humans have forgotten. You know, they're Mm -hmm. able to see like, wow, that person does have a really open heart. They love me and they like, you know, they can like see me. I can see them as much as I can see people's truth too. So it is funny. It's really cute. He's like laying on the bed next to me. I do love him so much. He's such a good boy. <laughs> if you hear any like rustling in the background, I almost shut the door in the room that I was in, but I knew that he would like scratch at the door. Yeah, we had to invite him in. To he's got to be me. here. Yeah, no, yeah. he's got to be here. He's part of the experience. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and, and you certainly may maybe are feeling this, but like my little cat does the same thing. She's like sitting right below my feet right now. And the whole, anytime we, we have this joke in the house that she comes to work with me every day because she just comes and curls up right at my feet. And as I'm sitting here podcast recording, 
she just sits here quietly. And when I finish, she'll climb all up on my lap and like be like roaming around the desk. But she kind of like hangs out and waits until she knows I'm done with what I'm doing. And then she's like, okay, here we are. What do we want to, what do we want to do next? It's really lovely. So beautiful. So beautiful. Okay. The last thing I want to get some thoughts from you on. So if someone's listening and they're like, okay, I'm, I'm really open to this conversation and I'm really interested in, and all the ways that, that perhaps I've existed over, over many, many lifetimes. And I'm just trying to settle into what, what am I here to do now? What's my mission today? Or what's my purpose today? Can you talk to us a little bit about soul mission and soul purpose and how as human beings that have trust falled into this life, this time, how do we start to find, find our way? I think one of the biggest, so this is such a, like, this is such a me thing to be like, I'm like such a high, low person. Um, was it Billy Madison? I think the Adam Sandler movie, there's yeah. this like really poignant thing at the end where he, but is it, I think it is Billy Madison where he busts into a shareholders meeting and he's like, what would your, like, what would the kid version of you think about what you're doing now? You know, yeah. are you staying true to your own heart? And that to me is one of the biggest, like sort of first points of contact, right? When I was a kid, I wanted to be a healer. I wanted to talk to animals. I wanted to do stuff with art. That was what I loved. I loved storytelling. I loved talking with people and like learning about what they were up to. I always knew lots of things about people. I always, you know, knew like a lot of stuff about people. And so I think for most of us to really go back to that point of origin and say, what did I want to do when I was a kid? Because a lot of us end up falling into these like, Moments of, you know, being like, oh, well, I need to earn a living. And that's all real. I don't, you know, we we need to be able to exist in the 3D and find a way to stay safe and, like, support ourselves. But when you're at that moment where you have, you know, perhaps found your spiritual practice, whatever that is for you, um, whether it's, you know, meditation or breath work or running or cooking, like there are so many different ways that we can find that moment of like peace and quiet and be able to really start to hear those whispers. If you're at a point, which many of us, right, so many of us, that was also another really big theme in 2020 and 2021 was where are the misalignments? Where are you not yeah. following your soul mission? Where are you not living your life purpose? Where some of us were born to have a really big audience and share things with people. Some of us were born to do healing work. Some of us were literally born to like help hold space to go out into the world, make eye contact with our neighbors, smile at people and shine a light in that way. And I think if we can like think back to what we wanted to do when we were young, before we got bogged down by all that external stuff, for people who are on that spiritual journey, it can be a really powerful source of inspiration and awakening to be able to say, all right, like, Maybe I did want to be an artist when I was a kid and maybe I didn't trust myself or my family told me that you could never make money as an artist. 
start painting, go buy yourself some colored pencils, start to figure out a way to integrate that into your life. And then what ends up happening is then the synchronicities come in, you know, then it's like, oh, well, I bought my colored pencils or I started painting every day, or, you know, I always loved playing soccer. So I joined an intramural soccer league. And then all of a sudden it's like, you know, you're out in the world and someone from your intramural soccer league sees you on the street. And then you have like a new bit. It turns out that, you know, you both wanted to start like the same business. It's like, once you can do that and you start to really make room to listen to those whispers of the heart, everything changes because then the world starts to say, okay, you're listening. You're listening to the guidance that you're getting. You're listening to those hits that you have from your own life. And then things start to get so much easier for you. And then everything starts to come together. And it doesn't matter. Like in my own life, you know, I mentioned being a late bloomer in a lot of ways. And I, my grandmother on my mom's side, she was born in 1920. She didn't get married till she was 40, which was very unusual for someone born in 1920. Yeah. And she had four kids starting at 40. Wow. She, she, she was, you know, she was married to my grandfather until she was 65, got divorced from him at 65, <laughs> which for an Irish Catholic woman from New England, who was again born in 1920, was like really scandalous for herself. Um, she got divorced from him when I was little. And then she lived, Andy, for 32 more years. She wow. died right before she turned uh, passed away before she turned 97. So it's like we have this, especially women have this idea that as, and it's not just women, it's like all of us are taught that things get worse. You know, what is it? Like, whoa, everything goes downhill as you get older. I don't think that's true. I've certainly not experienced that in my own life. My life has gotten remarkably better and more dynamic and more beautiful as I've gotten older. And I, and to have had her, I didn't get to, um, because we were estranged from her, from my mom's family, I didn't get to spend as much time with her this time around as I might've liked. But um, it was, she always in the back of my mind, I always remembered that like there was this ability to reinvent yourself and to just basically like buck the system and say, you know, maybe this is what we were told had to be the narrative, but there's actually room for us all to do anything. Yeah. So beautiful. Such good guidance. And who my life has felt the same. It's like with every year, it's like, oh, more magic is opening up all around me. How freaking awesome is yeah. the opportunity that we have to be here at this time on this planet. Yeah. yeah. Oh my gosh. Such a pleasure to get to spend this time with you. Thank you so Thank much. You. Yes. Okay. So let us know if someone wants to find your work, where are all the places they can find you? Um, my website is we, my, my business is called We Are Here to Remember. Um, it's wordy, but you know, here I am. <laughs> um, so it's we are here to remember.com and it's the number two. So it's we are here number two remember.com. Um, I highly encourage people you can book sessions with me. You can find out about my group container, which is called Angelic Alchemy, which is an amazing, just like extraordinary ascension activator. And like I spiritually mentor the people in my container. They start new businesses, they really step into like these totally new versions of themselves. So that's a good way. And if you go to my website, you can also get my freebie, which is so much fun. It's so powerful 
powerful. It's a light language channel, which is, as you and I talked a lot about that idea of shedding the things that no longer serve us, it is specifically to target emotional and physical weight loss. Mm, It's a light language channel. It's about like two minutes long. You can put it on repeat. You can listen to it whenever you need that energetic support. And um, so I really encourage people to sign up for my newsletter. And I have the, the first session that people do with me is called an Akashic soul exploration, which is what you and I did with each other, where I sit down and I really like scan your records and help you really figure out like, okay, this is what you need. This is what your soul medicine, this is what your guides are saying. Like, because I also have had such a long journey of communicating with my own guides, I'm really able to hear the guidance that other people's, like my guides work with them. I am able to hear these things. And, um, and so, yeah, that is the best place to find me is my website. So thank you so much. It's been such a pleasure to get to spend time with you you. again today and have you on the show. And I'm, I'm definitely going to go download that freebie because it sounds just so beautiful and magical. So thank you. You are super welcome. Um, Yeah, thank you. I am so honored to be here. This was so much fun. And um, yeah, I really appreciate everyone for spending this time with us. You know, it's time is such a ephemeral thing, but I really value when people just like take that time to really like lean into the woo-woo is beautiful. Yes, so true. Thank you. Thank you so much to Andrea for joining me today. So interesting. I am definitely diving deeper into this study of working with my own fairy friends. So freaking cool and something I had never ever thought was surrounding me until she brought this forward. And now I kind of feel it. I kind of definitely, I'm into it. I'm feeling it. If you loved this episode and you want to support the show, please share the episode Share it on your social media. Tag us on Instagram. You can tag us at your woo woo BFF. You can tag me or send me a DM at wee wee girl. And of course, it means the world to us if you drop in to whatever podcast platform you happen to be listening on and give the show five stars, leave a review. On Spotify, you can just hit that star button. On Apple Pods, drop in, leave a review. It takes like 15 seconds. And it makes a world of difference in helping other folks to find us. Thank you so much for joining us. Love having you here. We'll be back again next week. Until then, much love. Take care.